This is the American Indoctrinated Podcast with Evan and Brittany. This is a show where we discuss issues that Americans have been indoctrinated on, have full-length discussions about how we got here, talk about the facts behind each issue, and how it links back to our constitutional rights. Let's go! Welcome to our weekly wrap-up where we go over a few current events and just tell you kind of our thoughts on them and, yeah, all the shenanigans that are happening in the country. So the first one I want to start with is the resignation of the CEO of CNN. How many more things are going to come out of CNN that are bad? What the hell? I feel like it's a bunch of rats jumping ship when it's sinking. And it's funny to see the once Brian Stelter who basically was just fawning over Chris Cuomo is now you'll see videos of him criticizing Chris and just so flabbergasted at that people don't trust CNN and don't want to watch or listen to CNN anymore. And he's just like offended by it. But now he's literally that is like the pure definition of indoctrination. Like you are so stuck in this mindset of being right that even when you have seen your own network collapsing in on itself like a dying star you still think, no, well, I'm pretty sure we did this right. It's like those poor saps that were Japanese soldiers that stayed in the Philippines after the war was over and continued to kill poor Filipino-like villagers thinking the war was going on. And they just didn't listen to anybody. Even the Japanese like country was like dropping pamphlets, leaflets over the jungle in the Philippines trying to get these Japanese soldiers to stop killing the Philippines. And this lasted up until like the 70s. These like soldiers who were still fighting for the Empire of Japan. That's kind of like what Brian Stelter is. Is like your reign is done. Nobody believes CNN anymore. You're collapsing in on yourself. Time to hang up the robe, so to speak. So the reason he resigned was because he was having a relationship with another executive at CNN, which I believe she also resigned. But the thing that, well, the thing that's interesting is that they worked together for over 20 years. They said that it just had gotten into a different type of relationship in the last couple years during COVID. But I also wonder, this is something that is very controversial and probably not going to be liked by a lot of people, but I think a lot of these women put themselves in situations where they will be involved with these men in an inappropriate way, but they know that they're going to get promoted or in some cases, you know, they might get a movie role with the producer or director if they, you know, do the right thing, according to the guy. And they act like they weren't aware that that's what was going to happen. It's like, okay, a guy invites you like to a hotel room. What do you think he's thinking? Hey, like, let's have a cup of tea. Like, no, come on, use your brain. Well, and the funny thing is, is like the feminist movement has been so toxic and destructive in their indoctrination campaign of women that a lot of feminists used to claim that women doing whatever it takes to get to the top was empowering, that a woman is empowered by her body to do what she wants with it and use it how she will to get what she wants out of life. And that was empowering. Women expressing themselves through sexuality and gaining advantage in the world through sexuality was empowering. And now they've kind of steered the ship to a different direction when they say, well, women shouldn't have to use their bodies to get that promotion. Men should just be better and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, that's what conservatives have been saying the whole time, is that women 
should be promoted based on merit, not off of how attractive they are. But anyway, it's funny that this is happening at CNN because they have been such a propaganda mouth for the left in terms of the Me Too movement and in terms of the Time's Up movement and all that and everything they aired when it came to, what's her name, that woman that accused the court justice. Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. I can't remember her name. Something Ford, Blazy Ford. Eh. Yeah. But it's just funny. It's just obviously like anytime, I always like to use this analogy. So whenever you hear in the news of one side being so adamant, accusing the other side of doing something like with the Russia Gate scandal or like the Russia Gate investigation like we knew that it was a lie and as it, time has gone on it's actually been proven that it seemed like the Hillary campaign was more involved with Russia than the Trump campaign and that was just a witch hunt from the beginning CNN same same thing they always look at all these me too people like pointing the finger but it was actually happening to them it was happening to Andrew Cuomo and then Chris Cuomo protected him and then Zucker was doing the same thing that they were like shouting from the hilltops was like everybody on the right was doing. It's similar to when a dog buries a bone. Like, I don't know if you've ever had a dog do this, but I had a golden retriever growing up that would always bury his like bones and his toys in our backyard. And he was funny. Like anytime you went near where the bone was, he would always try and distract you and pretend like the bone was somewhere else. So he was pretty smart. He would always like go walk over somewhere else or go like dig somewhere else, trying to make you think that he had buried it in a different spot. And when you weren't anywhere near where the bone was, if you hadn't gotten near it, he would just ignore you. He'd act like you weren't even around. And he would bury him like in our plants, in our house, in our couches. But it's kind of like CNN does the same thing. Like whatever they're shouting the most about, whatever they're accusing people on the right of, is probably where you should go look into them for doing things because they're trying to make you feel like they're trying to make you think this isn't where the bone is. The bone's over here, not where I buried it. Anyway, that's just kind of a stupid little analogy that I think of when I think of how CNN does things. Well, and I think also remembering that they've also had more than just those scandals, right? They had the Chris Cuomo scandal, then they had those two pedophiles working there that are now, that were producers on some of their top shows. Mm -hmm. And, you know, CNN's just become a joke. And it's like, who the hell is funding this? I mean, I could take a couple guesses, but we won't go there. But I think the other thing is with Jeff Zucker having this relationship with this woman something that Megan Kelly brought up who everyone knows who Megan Kelly is she kind of had some issues at Fox with and the Me Too stuff but she said you know you also have to think about the missed opportunities for other people because she was involved with this guy and he took her with him and did she deserve it or was it based on their relationship and like stop condoning this behavior it's not okay where everyone on CNN is so upset that Jeff Zucker resigned and that he was so wonderful and he made them feel special and unique and blah 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 but like they don't hold him accountable in any way which is interesting because if this had happened at fox news oh my gosh you would not believe what they would be saying right oh i know complete double standard yeah. well and something else that's kind of going on too is with like whoopi goldberg being just temporarily suspended from the view had that been reversed and it was like what would be the conservative counterside of that like the five maybe on fox yeah if it would have been one of them they would be demanding that that person gets fired the same with this mark zucker guy there's clearly a double standard and i actually don't necessarily think 
in reality, I don't think Mark Zucker or what's his name? Jeff Zucker. Jeff Zucker. Is that his name? Yeah. Zucker. Sorry. It's so similar to Mark Zuckerberg. It's kind of easy. Jeff Zucker and Whoopi, I honestly don't think that they deserve to be fired or resign. Like Jeff Zucker and this woman were consenting adults and they consented on a relationship. But it's funny that they, the left establishes these rules. And if they're going to make these rules, they have to abide by the rules they're going to establish. Otherwise, it's a double standard. And that's kind of what you're seeing with even though Zucker resigned, it wouldn't be the end of it if it was someone on the right. And with Whoopi Goldberg, she's just getting suspended for two weeks. Like this should be her. She should be fired by their own standards, by their own rules that they set in place. And I disagree with you. I think that Whoopi Goldberg has gotten wildly out of control. Her viewpoints on things are very radical. I know people that get their news from The View and believe me, talking to them, it's not enjoyable by any means because they're so uneducated and they're so, the stuff that they spew is so hateful and divisive and- They're indoctrinated. Yeah, well, and they're uneducated on things and they, they make up reality and these people should not be on the air. I think The View should be canceled, honestly. I do not like any of those women. I don't think that they bring value to people's lives. <laughs> I think that they're damaging in, in society, honestly. And the people that are sitting home watching that stuff, who can watch stuff at 11 o'clock in the morning? Like you tell me. Well, and see, that's my thing is I don't necessarily think they need to be removed or canceled or even fired or whatever, because I'm more of the opinion like the m more ideas that are available, the better society is. The more people can express their ideas and listen to other people's ideas, the easier it is to decipher through all the bullshit. But people just get stuck in their echo chambers and they get indoctrinated over and over and over again by The View and whatever else they're listening to. Even Fox does that. I'm just applying their standard, their rules that they applied, that they created. This is your rules? Fine. We'll play by your rules. Cancel them all. Hang them. String them up. In a perfect society, I would think let Whoopi spew all of her bullshit. Let Zucker sleep with any consenting adult that he wants and let people choose you know, use their brains and listen to as many ideas and read as many books as possible so they can decide. And then they will use their dollars, so to speak, to decide who they believe in and who they want to follow and listen to, because they'll only listen to the podcast and read the books and watch the programs that they think are giving them the truth. But I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. By their own logic, by their own rules, Whoopi should be gone. She's wildly out of control. She literally said that the the Holocaust was not about race. Like, what the hell is she talking about? She did apologize for that. I will give her credit to that. I don't think she apologized because she really felt it. I think she apologized because the producers of the show probably made her. She yeah. had to. She didn't have a choice. People were appalled by what she was saying, which is hard to say coming from the left, you know? Like, when they're appalled, you know something's radically wrong. Well, it's also like, I don't like to say, I try and steer away from calling someone like, ignorant or uneducated as much as I can, but she truly is like the pure definition of uned uneducated because she claimed that the Nazis weren't killing Jews per race. Has she never ever in her entire life opened even one single history book about the Nazis and about what they did? Like that was Hitler's main message was we are killing the Jews because they are an inferior race to our superior Aryan race. And because their inferiority is in our society, it's plaguing us, so we need to kill them. That was like his entire mantra. Like you only have to read one paragraph in any history book about the Nazis, and that is exactly what their mantra was. So for Whoopi to say, well, that's not actually what it was about. 
proves how truly uneducated and ignorant she is as a person because she has done absolutely virtually zero research into that matter. And she was just trying to out victimhood the Jews. And anyway, that is like the textbook literal definition of an uneducated and ignorant is exactly what Whoopi said and did. Well, and I don't give her a pass because she works on an interview show. They have people come on and they interview them. Has she never? I mean, I would encourage her. I don't, there's not very many of them left, but people that survived the Holocaust, that shit was no joke. Ask them if they felt like it was racially encouraged. Like, are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Like, I have no sympathy for her. She deserves whatever she gets. Jeez. So. I'm very passionate about that. So. (laughs) Well, speaking of books, speaking of reading and the lack of reading that Whoopi does she also seemed very upset and not just her but people on the left and cnn as well about these book bannings that have been going on around the country i use that phrase i would say pretty lightly i think there's been a lot of phrases in our society that have been watered down like racism and sexism and being a victim and misinformation and all those buzzwords that the left loves to use have all been watered down so much to the point where it's like you don't even really know what to believe anymore one of them that they have decided to use this week which has been grossly watered down has been book banning and they're all upset and up in arms about books being pulled from public schools throughout the country one particular book which i've actually not never read is a book about it's like a children's book that's about the holocaust and I guess there's some vulgar like language in it and some inappropriate depictions and the books weren't necessarily banned permanently or removed completely from the library. They were just removed from a certain age demographic. Which makes sense. Right. But here's the other thing too, that the left, they kind of want their cake and they want to be able to eat it too in this situation. What happened to Dr. Seuss? Well, right. There's that. That's a big one which was actually a book banning, which was a genuine book banning where they were removing it from stores and they were removing it from Amazon. They quit printing it. Yeah, They quit printing it. That is actually a book banning. A book banning is not when a group of parents that have engaged with the book, the school board in this particular district have agreed that they are no longer going to have the students read this book or particularly in this age group or, or even more so just in that. Yeah. Like you said, in that particular age group, that is not a book banning. That is more of like a book censoring for people to get older so they can actually understand the information and apply the information better with a more mature brain. That is not book banning. Book banning is when you lobby and threaten businesses to get rid of books that you don't like. So another example of a true book burning endeavor has been Andy No. I don't know if you know who he is, but he is a journalist that I have followed for a few years who is basically everything the left wants in an intersectional hero. He's an immigrant from Vietnam. He is also gay and he's a journalist. So he would think he was everything that the left wants. However, he his whole career has been spent exposing He exposes a lot of things, but the last few years, he's been really focused on exposing Antifa. And he wrote a book called, the title of the book is just called Unmasked. And the whole premise of the book is basically exposing the inner network of Antifa and how they've been protected by government and how a lot of like cities have allowed Antifa to flourish and where kind of their ideology comes from and where Antifa does a lot of its recruiting and like what cities and things like that. That has literally been, people on the left have tried to 
outright ban that book. Protesting stores that sell it, they have tried to threaten stores with violence that sell that book. They have literally actually physically tried to burn those books, breaking into stores, pulling them out and trying to light them on fire like an actual book burning. That is book banning. A bunch of parents getting together with a school board deciding what books are good and not good for their children to read is not book banning. It is not book burning. Is book censoring at the highest, maybe the lar- like the worst you could go is they're censoring certain books. But that's like what the left wants. They want the school districts to decide what the children are reading, and they want the school districts to decide what the children are learning. But then they're upset when parents are like, okay, you want to play that game? Well, then we're going to petition the school board to remove these books. Like the left should be happy because then they can just say, well, then in our school districts, we'll tell the school boards to give them LGBT books. You know what I mean? So we're playing them at their own game. Well, our school board here won't remove some of the books that are very pornographic in our schools. And they said, basically, if parents are concerned and don't want their kids checking out these books, they need to call and have it put on an exception list to where their kid can't check it out. Ugh. Like, what the hell? And see, that's still not book banning. Let's just even go as far as to say... So Utah has some pretty strict laws around what books are allowed in public school libraries. And there's pretty much in Utah, you can't have any books like that in there because it's against the law in Utah for schools to even teach sex ed at all. That's still not book banning. That's still not banning the book. They're not saying people can't read these books. They're saying through uh, state-funded education systems that's used through taxpayer money, we're not going to allow these books to be in the schools. We're not going to allow students to check these books out from our schools. Like we're not going to use taxpayer money to buy these books to store in the school. That's not a book banning. A book banning would be if the state of Utah said these books aren't allowed to be sold anywhere in the state. So if a Barnes and Noble or a Target or a Walmart wants to sell these books, we will find them and we will have the police come and remove those books. So a banning would be like there's a ban on purchasing marijuana recreationally in Utah. There's a ban on people under the age of 21 buying alcohol, right? That's a ban. Those are bans. You're banned from gambling in Utah. Censoring certain books and removing them from a certain age demographic is not a book banning or a book burning. So these people use that phrase because it, it causes a visceral response and an emotional response, and it's not what they say it is, and they just water the phrase down. Because how many times have we heard that? They, they're banning these books. They're burning books. And it just becomes a watered down phrase where it's like, I don't even believe you anymore. Yeah, but they don't care when To Kill a Mockingbird is, is taken out for racist content or whatever. But that was a book in high school that we had to read. It was on our list, you know? Right. I, even to their defense, I wouldn't even consider that a book banning either because they're just censoring it. And if parents don't like what their kids are reading, they can petition the school district. And if the school district doesn't listen to the parents then the parents can pull their kids out of the school, a true book banning to me is when they like completely remove a book and they forbid people from reading it. That's a book banning. Well, not only that, if you want, if you want your kids to read that shit, go buy it for them. I mean, I'm sure there's a Barnes and Noble in your area or a public library that probably carries it. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, I would rather have it censored in the schools and have people have access to it outside the school. If you want your kid to read some of the crap that I have seen in the state of Georgia, feel free to take your kid. But I don't want my kid reading it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm very passionate about children. I think that they can't protect themselves. So as parents, like, you need to advocate for your kids. I agree. I'm not even going to let my kids go to public school, so I 100% agree with that. 
I don't blame you. I probably wouldn't either. My parents said that if they had to do it again, they would work five jobs and we would not be going to public school. They would find a way. Right. One last thing I wanted to talk about real fast is just the response that the world is having to these Canadian truckers has been amazing. It has inspired so many people. I have actually do have some good friends of mine who are Canadian who aren't part of the protest. Like they're not part of the trucking protest, but they're, they live up in Alberta and they have farms up there. So they're, I mean, farmers and truckers and like blue collar workers are all kind of like cut from the same cloth, so to speak. So they're like connected. And there's actually been a lot of farmers in the Ottawa region going to Ottawa to help the truckers protest. And anyway, it's just been really cool. I think when people really stand up for themselves and say no, and they can get a group of people to do it with them, it really goes a long way. How many times do you go into like an airport or into like a grocery store and you see other people without their masks on and you just kind of feel inspired to like keep yours off or if someone else sees you. I've actually had a few people approach me and say, you know what, I saw you without your mask and I decided to take mine off too. There's strength in numbers and you don't even need to be violent and you don't need to do anything wrong because they're showing that up there right now in Canada. Yeah, well, I heard rumors that the U.S. is going to do the same thing, which is exciting. I've heard a couple of different things, don't know what's true, but I heard that there's talk of them doing it at the Super Bowl because they'll get a lot of, of course, it's in California, which that's fairly interesting that we're having a Super Bowl in the most lockdown state in the U.S. Isn't that ironic? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Always is, right? That would be perfect. The truckers block the roads and nobody can get into the Super Bowl. That would seriously be like... Perfect. So that's one thing that they've talked about. And then um, the other one is, of course, D.C. But I think the administration currently that presides in the White House is um, trying to prevent that from happening and trying to take precautions to where they aren't able to do it. But I don't know. I think we need to do something. I would have never thought that Canada would be the first ones. Hmm. They're such nice people, you know? Well, and I, I will say, like, this is really cool and they are doing an awesome thing, but they should have never gotten to this point. And I think like here, I would love to see something like that. But I also want to say like living in Arizona and, you know, having lived in Utah during the pandemic, I haven't really felt some serious effects from it because like Arizona has been open for a long time. People in Utah have been pretty adamantly against a lot of the mandates. It's been fairly open most of the pandemic. It never was like, except for the first two weeks to curve, like slow down the curve or whatever it was, which funny enough, that might be something else we can hurry and include. It was John Hopkins University came out with a study like yesterday saying that they found that there was no effect in slowing the spread through lockdowns. Lockdowns did nothing to what? stop the spread of COVID. Yeah. No John way. Hopkins, yeah. John Hopkins did a whole study on it. There's been people on Instagram telling us that for two years, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, John Hopkins. <laughs> so it's like, it's like America has been, I mean, split states like New York and California and Illinois that have been pretty locked down most of the time. I lived in Baltimore for the summer and I will tell you that shit was crazy because I also didn't realize they had a mask mandate. So when I went to the store, I thought someone was literally going to like punch me in the face. Because I didn't have a California. mask on. You go to California, it's like a different world there. It's like you're on the Truman Show because pe everyone, everyone's like staring at you like, what the? It's weird. The one thing that has separated America from Canada is that 
Canada was like locked down the entire country. They did sweeping mandates throughout the whole the whole nation. America has had a lot of areas of the country where like Florida has basically been open for over a year. Texas, Arizona, a lot of the red states have been really, really soft on the pandemic, like almost the entire time. I mean, there's been mistakes made by a lot of these governments in these state governments, but well, trial and error too, like to be fair, like no one knew what the hell was going on. We just knew that there was this thing. It seemed pretty serious. We were right. going to take some precautions. So of course there was mistakes made, but I think correcting those as quickly as possible is what made the big difference in a lot of these red states. Right. To go back to our previous podcast about individualism and why it matters, if governments focus more on the individual, these lockdowns would have never been a thing. No, that you're talking about with Canada being completely locked down. The other thing is, is, but should that matter? Like, we should all stand for freedom because we're all impacted. Because guess what? We're, you know, we're all dealing with this supply chain mm-hmm. issue. Well, we're all dealing with the fact that we're going to be taxed out of oblivion for who the hell knows how long. And it's all because of decisions that are being made in this country that impact all of us, even though some of us get to live in the free red states, which I love. But There are other people that, unfortunately, they live in these blue states and they don't have the option to leave. Maybe they don't have the ability to move at this point. So they're just stuck. So we should stand for those people too, regardless. I agree. I do want to see a big protest like that here, even though we haven't been as locked down as Canada. I do still want to see that. And I hope to see it and I'll support. I'll send money. I'll donate. Like, I hope to see this. It'll be great. I'll be on the sidelines with my American flags. Yeah, seriously. Cheering them on. So I hope to see that as well. Any final thoughts on our wrap up this week? Nope. I mean, I think those are, that's it. That's that's all I have for right now. Perfect. Well, I'm glad that we ended on a high note. The truckers are always exciting to talk about. I'm, I'm curious to see how long it will last. We're going to wrap it here and we will see you guys next time. If you like this episode, share it with your friends, write us a review, listen, like, and follow the podcast, and we will see you all next week.